Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Welcome to the next episode of the Social Propertypreneur Podcast with me, Laura Muse. Today's guest, who I recently interviewed, from the age of 19, he secured his first property investment. He's now 28 years old. He has a multi-million pound property business. He works throughout the UK sourcing properties. He also has a multi-million pound portfolio of, of his own, from buy-to-lets to gyms to you name it. Also a fan of collecting classic cars. This young entrepreneur really, when I first met him, which is over a year ago, Really just by speaking to him, it blew me away with his knowledge. He really is, he may be 28 year old, but the knowledge this guy has is incredible. And I'm so honoured that I managed to get an interview with him last week, um, which I'm going to be sharing with you today on the podcast. We're not going to be talking property, but we are going to be talking all things mindset. Now, as a young entrepreneur, he has definitely changed his mindset from where he's come from. And I'm really intrigued to see how he has done that, what advice he gives to others. And in this day and age, as a business owner, property investor, entrepreneur, what we need to be doing to evolve our mindset as the world around us evolves. I think that's really key. He's a key player in the property world. And I'm over the moon to introduce Mr. Jamie York. Good morning, everyone. We are in Aspire Property Group HQ right now, and uh, not sure what the question or line is going to be, so we'll just see what comes up and head on. So over to you, just crack on. Jamie, bulletproof mindset, do you think it exists? Uh, no, I don't think so at all. And I, I know you're probably looking for a yes there, but no, I, won't, I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's more of like a continuous progressive development towards your mindset. I don't think there's somebody that has got that bulletproof. I think it's a nice marketing yeah. term, you know, bulletproof mindset, how to get it. So maybe I'll do a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I don't, I don't think there is a bulletproof mindset. I just think it's more of a each day you wake up and you do what you do that day and sometimes you have a really great day and sometimes you have a shit day and it's everyone falls off the horse and I think a common misconception when people start is especially when they you know if they go to a training and you see like me on stage or as a mentor and things like that it's just like our life must be perfect (laughs) you know the grass on their side of the fence must be so much greener than mine it's just like actually no I still have really shit days we still have ups we still have downs we still have problems all the time but it's how you attack that. Yeah. And, you know, so I'll, I'll have days. It's, it's less and less often because I'm usually quite strategic. I'm usually quite set in the way how I approach things. But if I have a really shit day, sometimes it is just a, you know what, I'm going to bed early. I'm watching some shit. I'm going to eat some pizza, have a couple <laughs> of beers, and that's it. And wake up the next day and go again. And, you know, it's not about not falling off the horse. Yeah. It's about when you do how you sort of position yourself and get back on it and go back on it. That's it, yeah, and sort of move forward with that. Obviously, over the last, say, three or four years, mindset's become quite a big thing, in, especially in business. Back in the day, business owners didn't really have that mindset. How do you feel people need to evolve their mindset to continue as we are to have successful businesses where mentally you're evolving to? Yeah, okay. So first of all, I think mindset is as important as it always has been. So I don't think that's a a new thing. 
in terms of how important it is. But it's certainly a new thing in, in the discussion yeah. realm because before it's like, oh, mindset. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah, get me a pillow. It's a bit fluffy. But the thing is actually, yeah, I don't actually know who originally said this, but Rob says it a lot. I say a lot, you know, skill set without the mindset will leave you upset. And it's become more acceptable to talk about because before, you know, if you think about business, 10 years ago, like now there's a lot more women coming into business, which is fantastic. 10 years ago, a lot less. 10 years before that, a lot less. And so it was men, you know, like uh, we we earn the bread and stuff. But you had people and it was just like, no, I'm a man. I need to be the man of the house. I need to do this. I need to do that. And there was no place for emotions. And so nobody spoke about, you know, your mental well-being, your your mindset, your drive and all of that, because it was just, no, you need to do it to fend for your family. So I think there's some tools. And I think the biggest one isn't really about driving you forward. It's about where you start from. And it's your expectations. So I think people have too high expectations of themselves (laughs) at the start and more and more about the results they're going to get. So. I always think, you know, expect highly of yourself, you know, think highly of yourself, think you're going to achieve some amazing things. But people go on, and, and I see it all the time, you know, especially in, in group, maybe people listen yeah. to your podcast, in the training realm. I've not actually heard a trainer saying this, but people think you're going to go on a training course and three months later look in your bank and go, there's my million. <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't work like that. You need to measure your expectations. And to put it into context... People, and I know the system's changed a little bit at the school system now, but when I was at school, 16 years of education to get your GCSEs for the sole purpose, really, to get into a good enough school to do some A-levels or college or whatever it was. And then you do two years of college, A-levels, IB, whatever it is, to get the best grades possible, maybe to then go into uni for usually a minimum of three years. So then you work three years to then become something, let's say a doctor. It's actually seven years to become a junior doctor, still get shit pay, still get treated like crap for another three to four years to become a fully fledged doctor. And at that point, they earn 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, maybe 60 grand a year. That's taken them 26 years of to get to that point. And yet people seem to come to the expectation in business, you know what, we're set up and I'm going to be a millionaire. And it's just like, it doesn't work like that. And on the flip side, you've got people that have, most entrepreneurs, I mean, in our space, in the property space, it's quite niche, where people come in and you're learning the niche, but that niche isn't business. So people learn how to do business, deal packaging, service accommodation, great, all amazing strategies, but you're learning how to do a strategy, not how to run a business. And so, you know, first of all, it's taken a lot longer to get in and and think about it. But, you know, you need to think over the next five years instead of the next year, next six months. And the reason for that is a few different reasons. One, it's okay to fail. You know, the first year, if you make profit, you're doing well. (laughs) You know, genuinely, after the first year of really going out there, and working, i.e. being in the office for long hours, but not really doing much, you know what it's like. We had £570, yeah? Most people would be like, that is a failure. But we'd managed to eat, we'd managed to pay our rent, we'd managed to survive in an okay lifestyle, you know, we're not flashy cars or anything like that. And we had money to in the bank at the end of it. That's a success in my eyes. The next year we did a quarter of a million. The next year we did half. And you, you build it up, you build it up, you build it up. But also, when you have that five-year mindset, and by the way, everyone watching is, if you said to me, I'm going to be a millionaire in five years, completely doable. 
Three to five years, completely doable. People massively overestimate what they can do in a short amount of time and massively underestimate what they can do in a decent amount of time. So three to five years becoming a millionaire is completely dependent. And then when you realize I am a millionaire in five years time, you stop worrying about the smaller things. So a deal falls out of bed. Some people will... I've seen, been there. And, and I've seen people <laughs> give up. I've seen people give up. Have a like, sleepless night. Yeah, sleepless yeah. nights over five grand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like, I'm a millionaire. I don't care about that. <laughs> and it's the same with me. And, you know, in, and we, our financial situation's developed a bit since then. You know, we're doing, we're doing fairly well. But if in my head, I've got 50 million quid in my bank account. I'm not there. It's probably 10 years for me. That's my goal. 10 years to be there. And if I've got 50 quid, you know, we, we've had days where we'll lose 30 grand. And my mindset, if I lost 30 grand... Even three years ago, it'd be like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. Whereas we, we've actually got, we've got a meeting today, Dan and myself, where we're potentially going to lose about 22 grand. Yeah. And there's no emotion. I don't feel anything from that. It's just like, okay, cool. Well, let's look at it. 22 grand is not going to hurt me. And all right, I'm in a fortunate situation yeah, where that's yeah. not really going to affect me. But does somebody with 50 million quid really care about 22 but it's how your mindset's evolved like you say over the over the years it, to be... it develops yeah. over time it develops over time so first of all setting your expectations in the right way you know always expect loads from yourself always expect value from yourself always expect all in but the only there's in business there's indicators there's lead indicators okay. and lag indicators okay. so lead indicators are your inputs yeah Lag indicators are your outputs. So a lot of people go, oh, what are your targets for the year? And everyone always goes 10 grand a month or 15 grand a month. They're, they're lag indicators. If you're in the first two years of business, the smart person, when somebody goes, what are your targets for the month? Not 10 grand. My target for the month is to meet 50 investors, have 50 investor coffees, put proposals in front of 50 people, uh, I want to call 30, they should all be inputs because you don't get to control the outputs because you have no idea what your conversion rates I'm are. I'm smiling because I'm so glad you've just said that because mine are 30 of your wins a month, so many offers in. Um, so I am, I'm so, that's why I'm, yeah. I'm quite yeah. excited about that now. <laughs> but, but, but no, it's good because, and it's good that you have a financial target, but you need to understand what that even means. So, you know, like, so we'll follow a lapse model, L-A-P-S. So how many leads came in? Yeah. How many appointments were booked? Of those appointments, how many turned up and you actually got a full proposal in front of them, okay. so proposal and sales. So if I got 100 leads in, I know I'm going to get 50 proposals. I know that's going to be 25, sorry, appointments, 50 yeah. appointments, 25 proposals and five sales from that. So I know for every 20 leads, I get one deal. So that for me is like, right, and if I make an average of maybe £7,000 a deal now, which is a bit higher than average, but say £5,000 a deal. Yeah. So I need 20 leads in order to get £5,000, which means that I can spend £250 a lead to break even. Not that you would spend that, <laughs> but if I then know, right, for every £250 I spend, 250 quid probably gets 20 really solid direct-to-vendor leads in yeah. our marketing Probably less, but I say that. So I know for every pound I'm spending, I make £20. That's just printed money. But it's taken me years to find out those conversions. You know, years mm -hmm. to get that. Now, obviously, if you get educated properly, you get support. It doesn't take years. It takes six months to understand that. But still have that expectation of it being a year. And then it is just chipping away. You know, if you, if you imagine, you know, you've got this massive rock yeah. and you know you can sculpt it into something perfect. It's already there. 
But you can't go in with a sledgehammer, just smashing it, breaking it away. You've got this small scratch hammer, you've got sanding paper, and every day you're just scratching away a little bit and smoothing it over. Scratching it, smoothing it over. It takes years, but the end product is worthwhile. Well, it's the compound effect. Yeah, it is the compound effect, you know, so that's really important. And then the final thing I'd say around this, well, this has been a well long answer, but <laughs> hopefully it's of value to people. And the, the final bit I do with mindset is deferred gratification. So what that means is, you know, sacrificing a little today to benefit tomorrow. See, the one of the biggest mistakes I find and I see with people in the first couple of years of business is they'll get to their, let's say five grand a month. Yeah. That, that's a decent amount of money, five grand a month. And then what they'll start doing is making out that they are massively successful. And you should feel good, you know, on progressive. You see, mm-hmm. I've got a set of keys, you know. <laughs> and it's just like, right, that doesn't add value to people. Go in, I've got my seventh set of keys. Here's the problems I had with this. Here's the solution. So you're adding value to the world. But those small increments that you're building up have a big exit. So most people earn five grand and they spend five grand. When I was earning five grand a month, we had Katie hired. Yeah. And the office expenses and marketing. And Dan and I lived off a thousand pounds a month. Dan and I lived off of a thousand pounds a month when we were earning 15 grand a month. And we did that as long as possible until it was like, look, I'd like to eat more than pasta. <laughs> you know, I'd like some protein in my diet. But, you know, e- even now, so one of the businesses, I was just checking before this, one of the businesses we did 63 grand, another business we did 54 grand. And I don't know the other ones. We've got meetings today. That's January. Yeah. Right. So I'm, we've done well over 100 grand last month, which, which is good because that's the first I'm month of the year. Pasta. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm eating okay. And, and to be fair, I still live a lot of my life through the business. So, you know, my cars are paid by yeah, the business, yeah. stuff like that. So I don't make a, but I pay myself a salary of 25 grand a year. Yeah. Um, and that looks after it. And then all of my other money is residual income. So it's all from properties, my investments, I own the gym down there, you know, bit, bits like that. And I live off of that. So you're not living off that capital, you're living off the yeah. residual income. But because I did what I did five years ago, I'm now in a situation where, say the businesses didn't exist and all of that money didn't happen, that 100 grand. It makes no difference to me financially because I could still do whatever I want to do. I could still fly, probably not first class all the time, but, you, you know, have, have a really great life. And it's down to the efforts that I went through. And, and the thing is, without that expectation, I am just genuinely just as happy sleeping in a five-star hotel than sleeping on a mat where I'm camping. Like, and, I've, and, and happiness, and I'll wrap this up because you've probably got loads more questions. <laughs> but happiness is not down to the situation you're in. The objects you have, happiness is just a mindset that you attach to any given situation. So I genuinely believe, I mean, this is all in theory, obviously, because it's not in situation. I genuinely believe I could lose it all. And of course I'd have my sulk. Of course I'd have my little down, you know, a month or so, feeling sorry for myself. I genuinely think I could be on the street and be happy. I genuinely think I could be in a mansion and be happy. And I mean, and if you really think about your worst case scenario when you're taking these risks, my potential upside is I change the world in some way like that's big but like that is the potential upside my worst case scenario if i lose everything and i mean lose my house business the staff screw me over you know <laughs> something like that my absolute worst case scenario lose all the money i have to move back in my mum's house for a couple of months What's the fun? It's, it's just like i'd love to spend more time with my mum like is, is that really a, a horrible situation yeah. it's just like i live in england 
Like, no matter what, I'm looked after by the government. It's just like, you know, we've got it so fucking easy. So here's where I am. The absolute bottom there. Like, oh, I'm on my ass. People in England don't have a fucking clue what it is. No, yeah, on their you know, my on the ass is there in this country. And that is the potential upside. And if that doesn't give you a positive mindset to really try something. And, and people are like, oh, my God, what if it doesn't work? What if it really doesn't work? What, you have to get a job, like all of your mates. So your worst case scenario is to live like everyone else. Uh, If that's not enough for people to go, actually, this isn't a risk at all. It's just like, at least I had a chance of living rather than doing what everyone else is, just getting closer to death. It's it's really weird you say that. So me and my husband got into property. We had, well, we had a really nice life. Uh, We had a big business. We didn't have to think about, we'd go to the shops, we'd go out for nice meals. We sold everything when we got into property. We had a holiday house, we sold it, we had a nice car, we sold it, we had a boat. And we literally felt like we'd gone back like six years and we were like, what on earth have we done? But actually, it's kind of short-term pain for long-term. We, we've bought houses with all that money, mm. so now it's given us a residual income that we know that we can get back to. But it's, it was a massive issue mindset-wise because we felt like we'd gone back so far. And it's yeah. only over the last 12 months actually working on his mindset and personal development that actually it's like... It's not a bad thing. We're just taking a different path. Exactly. And the thing is, that's a really good point. Sometimes, if you look at the bigger picture, you do have to take a step back mm. in order to take... So sometimes financially, you know, when, when I started broke, it was on credit cards, the education, which is terrifying. And I don't recommend that for everyone. It depends on your personal situation. But I don't have a family, like kids and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, that I need to worry about. So it's like, right, okay, let's do it. But that was taking a massive step back. I started in minus. It's like, that's a terrible situation. But to get forward, and and often in that situation when you're talking about the boat and things like that, if you really looked at it, it probably wasn't you going, I really want that boat. Or I really want that. Exactly. It's probably going, how does that look next door? 100%. How does that look to my family? I really think I'm doing well and then this has happened. It's just like, and honestly, I believe 90% of what we put out there is to try and look good to others. Which is cool. That's the, you know, if you research Freud and stuff like that, your whole life oh, no, is trying to benefit other people. 100% agree. But sometimes you need to say, fuck them. Fuck the way they think about me. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on my business. I'm going to go all in. And then they will see the rewards. Well, that's exactly what we and, did. <laughs> and, and, the, and the funny thing is, at the start, everyone's going, oh my God, it's such a risk. Yeah, what if yeah. this goes wrong? What if this? And then they have sort of like, oh, then they're talking behind you about your back. Then it's sort of like, oh, that's really interesting. Then it's, oh, I've always supported you. And it's like, it's funny that. I don't quite remember it like that. And then the final bit is, can you show me how to do, do it? Do it, 100%. Yeah, yes. and it takes a long time to get to that. <coughs> but it's step by step. But yeah, well, that was a, a great answer to a question. In regards to your own natural traits, that obviously, I mean, can you just, I don't know if people know this, can you just share, if you don't mind, how old you are, which is amazing? I'm 28 now. He's 28 and he's achieved amazing stuff and obviously you are these do seem a lot older not physically by the way mentally than a lot of other people what have you quickly noticed that you had to adapt in your mindset so maybe you had natural traits that weren't serving the purpose or serving you correctly how did you one recognize that and two reprogram that so you can move forward yeah okay so there's the age-old argument of nature versus nurture so your your environment who you are yep. naturally as a person and which people do have natural gifts and things like that like there i am really good at marketing and sales 
I am absolutely useless at a lot of operations. <laughs> Whereas if you look at Dan, if you talk marketing and sales, it's <laughs> glosses over. You know, it's, it doesn't enjoy it. Whereas my perfect day, I could wake up, go to a breakfast networking meeting. I can back-to-back calls, doing stuff like this. Yeah. Then I'd love to go to lunch with either mentees, people that are on the same path, or investors. Then back-to-back calls, and then an investor dinner, get home at 10 at night and zonk out, be up and forth. And it's like, I could do that every day. Yeah. If I said that to Dan, it's just like, you have described my worst day <laughs> in my life, right? But pe- and some people listening to this will be like, oh yeah, amazing, that sounds brilliant. That's what I'd love to be. Other people will be like, that's horrible. I just want to sp- turn, look, spreadsheets are my friends, you know, yeah, that, and that's some people. So the nature versus nurture. So I do think there's an element of that, but hard work mm. and persistence will always outstrip talent. You know, uh, Warren Buffett said that uh, an idiot with a plan will always do better than a smart guy without one. And it's just like, you know, if you have your plan of action and you execute every single day against it, every single week against it, you will drive forward. So there are some turning points in my life. And like, so when, when I was younger, there were a few different things. So we had a very financially poor upbringing. Mum had four kids. My dad left my mum when I was three months old. Um, which isn't exactly a sob story, that's no, half okay. of the people, right? But we were always struggling, but she always made sure we had clothes each year, you know, when it comes to that was fucking expensive school clothes. <laughs> um, but didn't realise as a kid. But doing all of that, bringing us up, but it was really inspirational. And I'm a proper mummy's boy, I love my mum. But, and she is, I got to see her struggling and working for her kids. And that instilled quite a lot for me. So I saw that. But at the same time, with that financial struggle, I also, when we did 11 pluses and all that, yeah, and yeah. that up here you pay, you seem to pay for grammar schools, but down south you don't pay for them. It's you, you take tests. Or up north. Yeah, up, up north, <laughs> right. Whereas down south in Dartford, so I got into Dartford Grammar School, which was at the time, I don't know now, it's like top five in the right, country okay. for what it was. And so, whilst it wasn't a paid for, a lot of people went to private school and it was aimed to get them into that school because they got trained in a certain way. And so, to give you an idea, there was a guy that when he was 17, the car that he was learning to drive, his dad bought him a new Jag. Oh, wow. And I was getting dropped (laughs) off in my mum's beaten up old van (laughs) before she went to work, you know. So, but I think that was a real mindset shift. I I never saw money as money equals happiness. But what I did notice is I was poor and didn't have a lot of opportunities. Mm. Or my mum was poor and therefore I was poor, so I didn't have a lot of opportunities. And then I saw these people that didn't have to say no to things because of money. It would be because of other reasons. So money didn't make me happy or doesn't make you happy. But the absence of money can cause a lot of pain. Most of the arguments in my family, if you really broke it down, it's because we couldn't afford things and and it caused stress. And then... When I got to 13, my dad fell ill, got, well, he probably had it for years, but uh, got revealed that he had bowel cancer. Oh, okay. And then he died just before I was 14. And that, for me, was a really pivotal moment in my life. Obviously, horrible, shitty time. Well, it's always shit to use your dad, isn't it? But it was a really hard time. But my older brother mm. got in the wrong crowds, drugs, drink, okay. all of that sort of thing. And so I saw how it was affecting the family. And then suddenly I was like, right, I'm the man of the house. I'm going to start doing it. So I started earning money. So, you know, I went out the, the usual paper rounds, all that sort of thing. And then I just was looking for opportunities. So mini excavators, you know, yeah, the little yeah. diggers, stuff like that. So they cost around £500 a day to pay somebody to yeah. fix them all. So I ended up going to somebody said, look, tell you what, 
I'll do it for free. You show me how to do it and then do it for free for three months. I'll be amazing at it. And then I'll charge you 250 a day. So I was 14 at this time. Spent three months. I was good enough to do it. And then sort of a bit of cash in hand. So I was earning a grand a month when I was, you know, that's what wow. I made. Yeah. And it was always for a reason to, you know, help mum yeah. with rent or the things like that. And, but because of that, I think that sort of nurtured me into it. The problem with that is all of my motivation was from pain. Mm-hmm. And so the issue is once that was sorted, I stopped doing that. Right. Because it was like, well, why do I need the money? Uh, it's, yeah. The pain's gone. Then I went to uni, was in London, couldn't afford the rent, you know, because obviously all student clients <laughs> have gone on a drink. Um, but then it's like, right, now I've got more pain again. So I started trading and I got pretty good at that. And yeah. then we ended up selling that for about a quarter of a million oh, wow. when we were 19. And then wow. it was just like, oh my God, but what happens when you give a 19 year old that's never had money a quarter of a million quid? Best year of my life, He's right? His best life. Yeah, so, so the pain's gone again. And then by the end of the year, the quarter of a million quid was gone. And it was just, that was one hell of a year. Well, not quite, 230,000 we spent oh. in about a when year. When you say we, is that you and, your da- you and Dan? Me and Dan, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I got, got notes where it went. The worst thing is I had no physical objects to show for it. It wasn't like I had all these gizmos. I don't think you ever do when you're that age and you blow a lot No, that's, that's it. It was absolutely nuts. And then, you know, and then what I started doing is started surrounding myself with different people. So the people that I was talking, like, then in the things, it's like, you know, drinking, drugs, clubbing, yeah. all that sort of scene. And it was all about, you don't just go clubbing, you get a table. Because if you don't get a table, are you anybody? You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. And you don't have a glass of a drink, you get bottles. And, you know, you think it's cool to drink from, the, you know, all, all, the, all the usual shit. But it's just like, it's not cool to anybody apart from the people you're trying to yeah. impress. And why the fuck would you want to impress those people anyway? But, you know, fortunately I've got other started surrounding myself with people and then I started to read different books. So I've always been a big reader, but I started to read things like How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, you know, all of that. And then in one of those books, I think it was Think and Grow Rich, where it says something like, you are the average of the five people you You spend most time with. And I don't know if that's factually correct, like five people, six people, ten people, but it's logical that if you spend most of your time with Knock Off Nigel down the pub, who you know knows everything about nothing? Um, you know, you know the people that just give, they, they the always people, have yeah. an opinion. Yeah, always have an opinion on something, and they're drinking all the time. It's fairly natural that you're going to start becoming that person over time, probably drinking a bit too much. Whereas, if I spend my time with people that earn ten million a pound or more in their business each year, it's fairly likely that they all think in a very different way to my mate Nigel. And they all progress in a slightly different way. And I'm going to pick things up. So does it mean I'm going to start earning £10 million a year? No, it doesn't. But it certainly means that they'll be able to help me get there. And so I realised the more people I attached, either in financial terms or mental terms, because that's important. It's not always people with money. It's people that are on the same thing. So I do a lot of events. And it's really weird. I will meet people on a Saturday that I don't know. And by Sunday, I share more about myself with those people than people that have known me for 15 years. Wow. Because they're my people. Yeah. And they get it. So if I say to them, I've earned well over 100 grand this month. If I told my family that, 
honestly, they're thinking drug dealer, they're, they're thinking <laughs> that, that's got to be illegal. Whereas if I say it in an event or on this yeah, podcast yeah. or watching this, hopefully most people are like, that's amazing, yeah. how do you do that? And they, they might be getting in touch going, you know, you need to show me how to do yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, I want to motivate people. And so the best thing you could possibly do is really, it's brutal, but cut out the people in your life, family and friends. You know, people go, you can't choose your family. You're right. You know, you know my, my brother, and you know, he might end up listening to this now, but my, my brother, I had to limit my time with him because it was just every time he spoke to me, can I borrow money? Can I do this? And it was just this endless pit. And actually, I ended up going, no, no more. Yeah. And I don't want to talk to you. And, it, and I've done it with a few friends. And some people have just gone out of your life. Now my brother and a couple of my friends have come back. And it's almost like they're new people. Yeah. And it was the best thing I could have done for me and them. And so it's cutting out those people that are draining you and people and start adding in people that are adding to you. And I, I think if you separate people in two parts, you've got people that are an empty battery pack. But everyone needs batteries to survive. So they suck your energy. So they take yours. Yeah, they take 100%. your power. Or... You get these supercharged people that you've already got your energy, but they've got so much of it that it just goes into you. Yeah. And it's just like, I want to surround myself with people so I'm overpowered, so people that can then surround themselves with me and I bring them power yeah. as well. And I just think, like, if you think like that and think, right, who are five people that I know names of that I that could add battery to me, power to me, energy to me, money to me, whatever it is, and who are five people in my life, if I'm brutally honest, they're taken away. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going, right, cut off that hand then. It's talk to those people. Tell them, look, I'm really struggling. I'm really trying to get here. Each time I'm talking, you're really negative about stuff. Now, I know you want you want the best for me. I know you want it to be safe. But I want to start thinking about my future and I want you to come along with yeah. me. And some people will change. Some people go, yeah, let's, let's push to that next level. Let's go for that. But a lot of people are just like, well, you know, and you need to get rid of them. You need to cut those people out and, you know, hope that they change and come back to your life. But they need to do that on their own. Yeah, we've done that. We it's it's funny actually. Since starting in property full time, obviously you surround yourself in completely different circles of people. It's very rare we spend any time with people pre property, mm. like full time property. Like we spend time with them all the time. We socialise with them. We talk to them on the phone. We go out for meals, etc. Yeah. People pre like before that, we hardly see, like because it's draining. And I find like you don't really have that conversation because you. You can't even really talk about what you're doing because they don't really get it or they try and talk you out of it and say that you're going to some cult or oh, whatever. Yeah. My, my, um, fa- my family still think I'm in a cult. <laughs> but but I, I, said, I actually said once, I was like, well, let's look at the definition of a cult. So a cult is typically a group of people that are highly energetic and driven around their chosen subjects. And it's kind of like, well, I guess it is a cult. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, factually correct. It is a cult. And it's just like, but you know what? This cult's made me a multimillionaire. I'm okay with that. And it's just like, so I'll carry on being part of this cult. You just think of it as a negative. But you, you are absolutely right. And like, so there's some friends I'll see once a year. And we go in, we go to the same pub, the same table, the same seats. And it's been a year. And I go, what's happened? And it's usually, you know, a version of same shit, different day. And it's just like, it's been a year. It's been a year. And... I really enjoy meeting them. I really enjoy seeing them. And I'd still call them my closest yeah. friends. But I'm also reminded of why I only see them once a year. <laughs> and it's just like, because I want to be around positivity. I want to be around driven people. I don't want to experience that all the time. And, you, you know, sometimes 
Um, you know, if you're really struggling to get beyond what you are, it's because you only know what you know. Yeah. And you are a direct reflection of who you spend time with. Yeah, and so often, if you're struggling internally with what you're going through, look at who you're spending time with. Look at who you can change around you. And I promise you, honestly, test this for a month. Stop spending time with those people for a month. Start talking to as many people. Go and buy coffees for millionaires. You know, you'd be surprised. Somebody reached out to me the other day, completely getting started. No idea. He was, he was like, I'm in the area. I'll come and buy you a coffee. And it was just good timing. So, yeah. Like, yeah, cool. Come buy me a coffee. And it's just like, you know, 20 minutes of somebody else's time can really drive you yeah. forward. And it makes a big difference. So, massively. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. This morning has been amazing. I've learnt loads. I'm sure you guys watching have learnt loads and on the podcast. And, yeah, should we say bye? Yeah, sure. You, hopefully you've got some value from that, guys. I mean, I think we only got through, like, two or three questions. <laughs> but, so we should definitely do another one in the future if people enjoy it. But, yeah, hopefully that's been of some value, guys, for those people watching, for those people listening. If anyone wants to get in touch, probably Facebook's the best place to do it. It's Jamie York on Facebook. And uh, I'll do my best to help people out. But yeah, it's been brilliant being oh, on. That's, thank uh, you very much. Definitely some unique questions that I've not had before, which is <laughs> well, good. that's good. Which that's is good, because normally when getting interviewed, it's usually like, how much money you make, how much have you done, you know, and it's just like, it's really nice to get a different angle. Oh, so good. definitely enjoyed it. Cool. I didn't thought that before. Right. Well, thank you, and I'll see you all later, guys.